You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. This is Pig Daddy Cool, the boar, and you're listening to Hit My Music. That's right. You are listening to Hit My Music. Uh, I am David Kincannon. Welcome. This is the first episode and our guest this evening is Pig Daddy Cool himself, none other than the Boar, aka for some people the proletariat Boar of Moldova, if you go back that far. But we're just going to call him the Boar for tonight. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for being the first guest on this new podcast. Uh, thank you for. I'm going to I'm going to go a little behind the scenes. Thank you for your help. Um, some most people probably won't know this, but uh, I reached out to the boar when I first started having the idea for this podcast to kind of get his take to see if it was something that he thought would would work, if wrestlers would be interested in coming on. Um, and he helped me a whole lot with some, you know, kind of being a sounding board. And so. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on, and I'm really excited. We are going to talk to the boar about music. We're going to talk about his tastes in music, kind of where he came from growing up in terms of music. We're going to talk about wrestling entrance themes, both globally and, you know, on a very micro level, the, in the entrance themes that he has used throughout his career. And I am I am excited. I am excited for this podcast going forward. And I cannot wait for people to hear this. You you have a tremendous idea here. And I think people, wrestlers are going to really love being on this because wrestlers uh, like being on podcasts. Uh, <laughs> they like talking about wrestling, um, but they also love talking about things not directly related to wrestling that also circle back to wrestling because sure. everything comes back to wrestling all the time. So uh, I'm just happy to give you some positive affirmations because you had uh, all the correct ideas, uh, super original <laughs> idea. And um, yeah, you're the man. So thanks for oh, reaching thanks. out. And it's an honor to be the first guest. All right. So let's get started. Um, so we're going to the first the first part of the show here, and I'm not going to do this every episode, but since this is the first episode, we're going to split this up into two blocks. Um, the first block will be about just general musical taste, and then block two will be about wrestling. So look forward to that part. But first, we're just going to talk about music. So, Bor, as you were growing up, um, you know, from my personal experience, I know that when I was a kid, obviously in the car and stuff, my parents were the ones who controlled the radio. They were the ones who listened to whatever they wanted to listen to. Um, did you have that same that same sort of thing going on in your in your family? Um, early on, it was just me and my mom. And so it was kind of, uh, I guess both of us. So it was a lot of like early nineties pop. So we're talking like Paula Abdul, 
Michael Jackson, MC Hammer. Um, what else we got? Um, that, that vein of music, sure. a lot of a lot of like pop uh, musical stylings, I guess you could say, okay. early on. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's the stuff that I listened to. Um, yeah. I had a, I had a, was a very big Paul Abdul fan. Um, had a had a Debbie Gibson poster on my wall at one point. So that that pop, oh, nice. That pop vein was definitely where I was where I was going to as a as a son of kind of my in my my ten ten to early teens kind of thing before I discovered hip hop really. Um. So. So that so that was kind of what your what your mom was listening to and you you were kind of listening to it too. So when did you do you remember when you started making your own musical decisions? So. Um... I guess this will be like our first little detour. So that okay. was like the early nineties okay. and then mid nineties, uh, my parents got together and my parents, this is where so more so like my parents' musical stylings become my musical stylings. Okay. Uh, parents got super involved in the church. So we went through, <laughs> we went, we went through like a heavy conservative, uh, you know, Christian independent fundamental Baptist lifestyle Ooh. for, um, Probably a good 10, 12 years or so. Okay. So like mid 90s into okay. late 90s, uh, if it wasn't like Christian hymns, I oh. was not listening to it unless I was like in Chuck E. Cheese and I happened to hear like <laughs> hit me baby one more time or something, <laughs> or something like that. So specifically hymns, not even not even necessarily like contemporary Christian music. That was the enemy. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny as as somebody who I, I, I was actually the enemy then because uh, I in the mid 90s, I was actually like auditioning for like labels and stuff. I did like a couple of artists showcases. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, like I would go to a random church in. So this this is kind of when I was floating between college in Cedar Rapids and my my parents house in St. Louis. Um, I would go to a random church in St. Louis that was just having like a night where all of these different Christian singers would come and sing. Uh, and like, there would be, there would be like Christian label scouts there. Now, like that mid nineties, was that like the high point of CCM music with to like me, to Amy me, Grant's? Yeah. Okay. So like, so to me, it sort of, it sort of spikes in the mid eighties. That's like when young Amy Grant sort of gets her start. Um, okay. That's when young Michael W. Smith gets his start. Um, and then like in the early nineties is when they sort of both hit the mainstream, like, uh, Amy Grant had her heart in motion album that had uh, baby baby on it. Um, and Michael W. Smith had go West young man, which had like, um, Oh, place in this world, which like was a big crossover hit. Um, and then like, so around like 93, 94 is when you started having like bands like DC talk, and the newsboys um, oh, okay. really kind of hitting like their stride. So like uh, DC Talk's third album, Free at Last, hits in 1993. Jesus Freak hits in 95. And so like to me that for me personally, that was like the big like the big wave of Christian of contemporary Christian music and specifically okay. Christian rock. And it's also when I started getting into Christian heavy metal. Uh, uh, that only, only band I know Christian heavy metal metal is uh, Striper because okay. of like, Jericho's book. Okay, sure. Um, they they're a little earlier because that like like they're definitely like in that sort of glam 
band era of the late 80s. Okay. Um, and by the by the mid 90s, uh, like Michael Stri- Michael uh, Michael Sweet, who was their lead singer and, and guitar like rhythm guitar player, he had moved on to like his soul. He had like started doing solo stuff. Now, is there like a CCM version of like Nirvana, like a band that came along and like blew up the format? So not really. I mean, there were there were bands that were sort of aping that kind of grunge sound. Like the the Jesus Freak album definitely sees DC Talk like switching from like really like rap oriented music to sort of a grungy, almost proto new metal sound. Oh, um, in that they're mixing they're mixing like this grunge, like heavy, like kind of heavy distorted guitars with some rap stuff. Okay, um, that's fascinating. Yeah, I, so because <laughs> that was like a side of music where it was like, nope, that's too close to. Uh, secular music sure. because it's even worse than secular music because it's disguising itself as like Christian music. Like that totally was what that. we were indoctrinated with. And I remember like that was around the, like the time that I was getting onto the internet for the first time. So like that 95, 96 time frame, And I remember there being sites where people would go on tirades just like that, you know, where they would talk about that kind of thing. And like, do the ends justify the means? And like me at 19, <laughs> I'm going, well, if the, if, the ends are getting people to get to heaven, then yeah, I guess kinda. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. Um, so that's that's interesting. So hymns. Um, do you have a favorite hymn? Oh, "Wonderful Grace of Jesus" is oh, my favorite lovely. hymn. Yeah, love. Yeah, nice. two hundred five in our old school <laughs> hymnal. <laughs> please turn. Please turn to hymn number two hundred five, as the uh, piano player plays like the the, the first two measures, just to uh, as an intro. That's right. Turn it while you're turning in the in your books and um yeah, the, oh man, I remember those days. Yeah, me right. too. And uh yeah, I don't <laughs> now I'm like, man, like it just sounded like a funeral every single sure. every single Sunday and Wednesday. Like Absolutely. Oof. Uh so okay, when did you when did you start listening to more secular music then? Uh so going back to that Chuck E. Cheese story, I heard uh Hit Me Baby One More Time. Uh, in a Chuck E. Cheese. So this would have been like 99. And I was like, huh, this this isn't so bad. And like, I think that's a music video where Britney Spears is uh, in like the schoolgirl getup. Yeah. I think that's the right one. Yeah, and um, right. But what I, really stuck out to me. Right. I know you're right. I mean, <laughs> what I had, stuck out to I me. I had fraternity brothers who were smitten with Britney Spears. <laughs> uh, what stuck out to me, though, is that she is dancing with a black guy in the music video. And that was like, oh, hold up. Like, maybe there's a world where somebody who <laughs> looks like me <laughs> could, you know, dance up on uh, Britney Spears. And so, like, that kind of, like, really stuck with me. And so, like, I really opened up to, like, pop a little bit there. Right. Um, still wouldn't, like, ask my parents to get me CDs or anything like that at that point. But, like, if I could find a way to, like listen to Britney Spears or listen to NSYNC, um, any of like the big pop powerhouses of the late 90s and early 2000s. That's uh, that's where I had my interest. That's great. That's great. Um, so I so I guess then would Britney Spears be would you consider her like your first favorite artist? Um, I, I would probably still go back to like old school. Oh, OK. Michael Jackson. OK. Um, but Britney's up there. And then I don't know if this is like parlays too quickly into the wrestling talk, but, <laughs> um, survivor series, 2001. 
uh, the theme song was Control by Puddle of Mud. Oh, okay. And I would, at that time, I would walk home from school every day. And I'm still, like, super old school at this point. So, like, I think, like, I recorded part of the song from TV into, like, my little Walkman. (laughs) And I would just, like, listen to, like, a minute clip of it walking home on, like, my 15-minute walk. And so, like, that was the first song that, like, really got me into, like, rock and really got me back into, like, I guess, quote-unquote, secular or, like, mainstream music. Okay. Um, So that that actually does sort of segue into uh, the, the next question I had, which was, you know, that sort of seems to mark like how your taste started changing. Um, yes. And I, I was going to ask if you, you know, had friends that you were in, influenced by in terms of um, did they were there any was there anybody who introduced you to certain groups or certain bands? Um, uh. And so like the 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 idea that you were influenced in, in music by wrestling like not yes. e- not even necessarily even like entrance themes, but like that that era when they were paying bands or you know when they were licensing music from bands as like the show themes. Yes, so that's that's really interesting. Um, did you have any friends who w- would introduce you to other stuff? Uh, I will point the finger of blame and <laughs> and credit to uh, our very own Tim Taylor. Oh, lovely. Yeah, uh, we are longtime best friends dating back to 1998. And so uh, there is I think there's like a three and a half year age gap between us, which now like doesn't seem like much. But as kids, you know, I'm like 11 ish around there. So, yeah, that's a pretty decent age gap. So like he had like more access to music than I did. And he was always like a step or two ahead technologically than like my poor family was. <laughs> and so he'd be like, all right, like this is uh, this is my CD player. Let me introduce you to like, yeah, um, this Jessica Simpson song, or we'd listen okay. to like, wow. Or, uh, uh, now that's the what now, I call music. Yeah. Music. yeah. Okay. Uh, we'd listen to that. Um, what else? He'd got me. In, what are that? 2000. Yeah, right around 2001, 2002. So, yeah, it was still pretty much like a lot of just like what I would hear on WWF programming. Okay. I'd be like, ah, like, you know, more Puddle of Mud or we'd listen to like WWF The Music Volume 4. (laughs) (laughs) So so The Rock Says was a big was a big one in your house. Yeah, Rock Says. That was a big one. Uh, Jericho's theme was huge. Uh, Volume 5 was a big hit 2001 because we got pie. Right. Was that that the one with no Wyclef was on uh, it doesn't matter, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big song, too. Um, That brings me back. um, I got the TV channel, The Box. Okay. um, Because my family didn't have cable because cable is the devil. Also, we were like broke. So (laughs) (laughs) that that was a real reason. Like we were broke. Um, So, yeah, I happened to get like the box channel and they played uh, it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. And they would play like Janet Jackson, and I'd be like, "Yeah, she she's amazing." So, yeah, now that like, you take me back down memory lane, uh, you know, a couple couple hits stand out. Nice. Um. So, do you remember the first concert you ever went to? Uh, I was a late bloomer for concerts. My first concert was um was right around twenty fourteen. Oh wow! Yeah, it was much much later. Um, and I went with Tim. And we scored, well, he really scored free tickets to the now redacted Fozzie. Oh, yes. 
they were playing locally. They were playing 10 minutes away from where we lived. And it was it was a random night, like a Tuesday or a Thursday night or something. And it was like, well, we're two single dudes. <laughs> um, like, we don't really have anything better going on. So, like, let's go see Fozzie. That's, you know, 10 minutes away. Um, you know, we didn't know everything that we have knowledge of now. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we uh, that's how I had my first live concert experience. Okay. Was was that was he still doing the the mongoose McQueen thing or was that after that? No, this is way after. Okay, right. um, so, he, so he was just he was just Chris Jericho fronting fun yeah. at that point. Okay, yeah. All right. Um. So, uh, do you have any uh, do you have any other favorite concerts that you've been to since then? Uh, yeah. So since then, I've been to Nickelback, which uh, they'll, um, they'll come up. They'll come up later. They will. They. Put on a really amazing show, okay. and um, they also had Daughtry open for them. Oh, and that's fascinating. Daughtry, I've, I've seen Daughtry live. How was your experience with Daughtry? Uh, it was fine. I wasn't actually there to see Daughtry. Oh, okay. Um, although, although he they, he was the headliner at that point. Um, but I was actually there to see Skillet, which oh, okay, now are personally redacted for me. Hmm. Um, John Cooper has well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, in the boo box. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that um, I I I enjoyed them. It, it wasn't. It didn't blow me away. But that was. I want to say that was probably 2012, 2013. Okay. That was so. uh, that. Was, that's a little bit before the national anthem incident on Fox. Right. Yeah. Um, I think plus, they had like uh, one big radio hit at that point. Um, yeah, it bugs me. I can't think of it because they had a ton of hits off that first album, right? And then a couple sprinkled here and there. Um, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, um, I got to see Guns N' Roses a couple years ago. Okay, and that was awesome. They played for about three and a half hours. Yeah, uh, they were feeling it, and it was it was awesome. And live opened for them. And live is actually like the band from the mid. The band, yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, and well, as of this airing, I will have just seen Guns N' Roses again. Nice with uh, Wolfgang Van Halen opening for them. Oh, that's gonna be great. I have that. Um, I really enjoyed his album, the the album that he put out last month. Yeah, I've only heard the one radio hit off of it, but I want to listen to some more stuff before the concert. Yeah, it's um, there's definitely some really good stuff on that album. And I think it's I think it's interesting because he's he's I think he's really trying to find his own his own voice and not be like a clone of his dad. Yeah, like that's that's an impossible position to be in. But sure. The same time, he is super talented in his own right. Yeah. Yeah. and then a couple years ago, also saw Janet Jackson. Okay. Um, and that was, that's probably the one tour I'd be like, ah, it was just okay. Hmm. Um, it was the State of the World tour. Okay. And so she didn't play a ton of her typical hits. Um, my, I have a friend who's a huge Janet fan, and he was like, well, she's not going to play all the hits that, you know, like she'll do Rhythm Nation. But, you know, uh, I guess the other, the main, the main songs I wanted to hear, like Black Cat, were not in the rotation that oh, night. that's a bummer. Yeah. Black Hat. Black Hat might be my favorite Janet Jackson song of all time. It's definitely my favorite Janet Jackson song. Yeah. Um, I like Escapade, too. Yep. Yep. That's up there, too. Yeah. So. 
All right. Um, do you have any musical talents? Do you sing? Do you play an instrument? Um, I can mess around a little bit on the alto saxophone. Oh, wow. Uh, I, w- I, played... I was not expecting that. <laughs> I, I uh, played that a little bit in fifth and sixth grade. Okay. Um, I was just trying to, you know, explore my talents and my interests. And I was okay at it, but I was, I was like second chair. I wasn't anything special and sports just had way more of my interest. So I was like, (laughs) "Ah, let's, you know, this, I don't think the saxophone thing is going to work out. Um, I've also played handbells. I don't know if that really counts. No, I, I think that's awesome. I actually, um, you know, being from a, a sort of churchy background myself, um, I, I never played the handbells, but anytime handbells are incorporated into anything, I really enjoy them from is, both a from both a musical perspective and like a visual perspective. Yeah, it's it's always a nice touch. It's like, oh, I've, it's a it's a delicacy, I think. Yeah. Like, Seeing them up there in their white gloves and the the motion of ringing the bell. Yeah. And the, the coordination, you know, the synchronization. Yeah. Uh, that's always cool. Right, and. Uh, I sang, I sang in like church choir, youth group choir. Um, That was more so just because I was always like president of my youth group or president of my class. So it was more like a lead by example kind of thing. Sure. Um, Not necessarily because of any talents. Um, (laughs) I should have had talents because my biological father uh, played um, percussion for the musical artist Babyface. Oh, so I should have some more musical ability, but I don't. It definitely skip me so <laughs> yeah well, maybe maybe my my uh other half siblings out there they might be musically gifted but it it missed me <laughs> all right uh so the final question for this for this segment um is what music do you listen to now uh now i'm mostly i'm 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 like old now like <laughs> i i finally like i've reached that point in the last couple of years uh i'm like oh this new music it just doesn't hit the same. Every once in a while, there's a good artist I like, uh, Olivia Rodrigo. Sure. Uh, we talked about her. I think she's yep. got something special. Uh, Selena Gomez, um, Demi Lovato, Kelly Clarkson is one of my all-time favorites. Okay. Um, so you're still kind of in that pop, that kind of pop mode. Still in pop mode, but also, uh, like, I got to mention Taylor Swift, huge, huge Swifty. Um, but also it's still a lot of like 2000s R&B and hip hop and rap. Okay. Um, new metal prior from, you know, like the new metal genre up until, I don't know, whenever it died kind of unofficially. <laughs> um, so listen to like hair metal. That's always a hit. Um, any alternative rock, uh, Pretty much any rock. I would say rock is probably my safest genre. Okay. Um, if I had to, like, make a broad generalization, uh, it's primarily rock or pretty much any hip-hop, pop, or rock from 90s through, like, 2010. Because I guess that's when I started getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not old, and I'm older than you. So I've I've uh, I've sort of I'm trying to turn the clock back by by listening to as much new music as possible. I, I see that. And I like really respect that. And it motivates me to like try to at least try a new song. Like when it gets mentioned <laughs> to me on Spotify, like 
just tr- like I'll try a new one. I, like I listened to Olivia Rodrigo and I was yeah, like, there you go. Oh, this is really awesome. And some I was wearing a Paramore shirt at the gym. Oh, yeah. I love Paramore. I should have mentioned them, too. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah. Emo. I I'm, wasn't a scene kid like I was an athlete, but right. those are like those are my people. Like, that's my crew. Like, uh, you know, once I'm away from like my my other jock friends, I'm like, yo, I'm hanging out with like the scene kids in school because <laughs> I don't know. We, we bond over something. But sure. Um, I was wearing a Paramore shirt at the gym and uh, this younger girl is there working out and she's like, oh, Paramore, um, they're popular again because of Olivia Rodrigo. And I like cried on the inside because of the <laughs> again part. <laughs> they were always popular to me. Right. It's still real to me. Oh. Sort of how I feel about ska. Yes, I, I just got into ska a little bit. Okay. Um, Who have you been I listening have, Like, what bands have you been listening to? So I've only been listening to one, uh, okay. Big Fat Meanies. Okay, sure. They are, um, I only heard of them because of, at the uh, super secret shoot science job. Um, I actually work with the girl that plays trumpet in the band. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we ended up talking about, you know, our weekend gigs. And um, so I got into Scott a little bit, nice. just checking out her band. Because cool. she hooked me. She was like, do you know No Doubt? And I'm like, well, yeah, like, I love No Doubt. And she's like, all right, well, like, give, give us a shot. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, we are going to take a quick, a quick break. We will be back shortly um, for the wrestling segment. And uh, I think you should all be looking forward to that. I know I am. And we are back. Uh, David Kincannon back here with you with the boar. And we are going to talk wrestling and music. So let's start with this. When did you first start getting into wrestling? Um, So I have, well, my mom took baby photos and I'm sitting watching wrestling. So I don't (laughs) don't have a a timestamp. Probably in 1990. Okay. uh, But... Uh, yeah, it's just always it's always been there. Like, I don't remember start point. That, that um, worked. Yeah, I, I would mean, guess. You know, OK, so when did it when did it start becoming like a big presence in your life? Um, I guess as soon as like my memories start picking okay. up. So, so it's just always been there. Yeah. So like I remember bits, like very bits and pieces. And I, like I would only attribute like my friends and family say I have like a crazy memory. Um, when it's not like affected by wrestler brain, but like my long-term memory, <laughs> um, like I can remember bits and pieces of like the fallout of SummerSlam 91. Wow. And so like, I'm just two years old there, but like, I can remember like Bret Hart, like Intercontinental Champion. Um, and then like, I remember a little bit like 92 Rumble and then like, it really picks up SummerSlam 92. Wow. So definitely okay. by SummerSlam 92, like I was... I, I remember things. I was like fully in. Um, I remember by like summer sl- or uh, by Survivor Series '92, like I was trying to like figure out how to like construct coffins because of the coffin match. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely too young, but like I remember my granddad gave me like pieces of wood to like you know, you know, try Little to board just stick out there together. hammering boards together. Yeah, yeah, because Undertaker's doing it. So sure. Okay. Um. 
did you, do you have any fond memories of any particular wrestler entrance themes? Uh, Bret Hart okay. always always got me going. Just that guitar riff, and uh, I remember my mom would always say, "Like your throat's gonna be sore because of the." Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> like, I would just do that all the time. Um, yeah, you know, Mr. Perfect and uh, Ravish and Rick Rude, Sting. Uh, those are all like entrances that I would like sing and try to replicate. Uh, Undertaker was another one. Ultimate right. Warrior. So. Yep. Yeah, like who who didn't like you know yeah. puff their cheeks out and run through the living room? Sure. Uh, that was the other that was the other poster that I had on my wall was an Ultimate Warrior poster, which in hindsight is what it is. But well, we, we we didn't know we didn't know. Right. Exactly. Um, do you have thoughts on what makes a good entrance theme? I think it being instantly identifiable. Okay is one I think having a sound that is I guess common in like or could be common in everyday life so like stone cold with like the glass shattering like sure. anytime somebody drops a mug or like anybody breaks a window or something like <laughs> ah stone cold Steve Austin's theme um or if it starts with a catchphrase, like if it's something that you can say and like easily go into, like, you know, do you smell what the rock is cooking and stuff like that. I think those are those are things that like make a good entrance theme. I think now like crowds love singing along with a the theme. Okay. So I think if it's hooky or catchy, I think that definitely helps. That makes sense. Um, so. In terms of specifically indie wrestling. Do you think there are? Do you think there's a difference there, or do you think basically the same thing holds? Uh, for I think because with indie wrestling, like it could, it's much smaller, and it's oh, I always operate under the assumption that it is always somebody's first show. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have something that engages the crowd, whether it's a hand motion or arm motion or a bop. Um, Something that everybody can do, even if it's their first time that they can catch on to, I think that makes for a good entrance. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's talk about your entrance themes. Um, when you first started wrestling as, you know, when you first came to my attention, it was when you were a part of the block party. Um, and that, you had a, a theme song that, Chikara being what it was, uh, the block party's theme was called March of the Noble Nation Most Glorious Anthem, um, which was a sort of somewhat generic kind of national anthem that was, I guess, supposed to cover like the entire Eastern Bloc of Europe. <laughs> uh, considering that you, Mr. Azerbaijan, uh, the the brown morning of Belarus and uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, I feel bad. Prakash Savar. Prakash Savar. Prakash Savar. Yeah. Uh, who was from Georgia, if I remember correctly, by way of yes. Pakistan, because he was ex Pakistani. Yes, that's the hook. That was the hook. Um, so yeah, so you guys had uh, that song, which I couldn't. I unfortunately couldn't find an MP3 of it. I dug around a bunch of different sources, but was unable to find it. Um, but it, 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 it just sounds like a national anthem. 
Yeah, um, it was it was pretty generic, and like I remember, like okay, like I'm gonna make my entrance, and then like the music hits, and of course, like I think every wrestler wants a theme that's like Triple H or like Steve Austin, <laughs> or you know, here comes somebody. Uh, business is about to pick up, and instead, it's like Nikolai Volkov. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I got to make the best of it and kind of embrace it, and um. Definitely a side note here, but we were also going to have the People's Republic of China in our group. Oh. And that never materialized, okay. unfortunately. Interesting. Yes. Um, uh, well, the brown morning of Belarus also went away fairly quickly. Yes. So Yeah. Um, so uh, along this line, you told me in our sort of little in a pre-interview conversation that we had that Mr. Azerbaijan once sat up all night working on a sitar version of the new age outlaws theme. And this was, I assume when you guys were going to be the Eastern European outlaws. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Azerbaijan is a good friend. You could even say that he's a best friend for some, uh, <laughs> but I pitched him this silly idea, um, of us trying to, uh, emulate the new age outlaws because we are from eastern europe and i thought it would be funny if we had just now started to get wwf attitude era wrestling okay and so like the biggest thing that we could emulate would be the new age outlaws now my long-term money-making mind was looking at who are some of the legends that could be brought in for an indie shot and at that time road dog and billy gunn and x x pac and china were not under contract anywhere. Okay. And so that's where the idea sparked from. And so uh, I was like, we got to start with the outlaws <laughs> thing and we have to try to do the little preamble on the mic. And he took off with it and ran with it because I knew if it came from me, it was going to get an immediate no. Sure. But if I gave it to him and let him, you know, brainchild it and master it and perfect it, you know, we could get a lot further. And that's exactly what happened. So he sat up super late one night before a show and he played around on the computer machine and he came up with this wonderful theme uh, that was a ripoff of the New Age Outlaws, but it was on like a sitar. So that's great. Uh, yeah, I don't think we ever got to debut it, though, for oh, whatever reason. That is a bummer. Um, was that before or after? And this is straying away from music a little bit, a little bit of a digression. Um, there was a skit that you guys did where it was, I think it was just you, Mr. Azerbaijan and Prakash Sabar at the Norfolk scope mm. where you were trying to invade WCW in what, like 2012. <laughs> uh, so this would have been 20. I think this was a little bit later. This might've been okay. like 2014. Okay. Uh, but th that was, so the sitar theme music, the outlaws rip off that was before. Okay. So this was towards like the tail end of our, I guess you could say run. Okay. All right. I just, I have, I have fond memories of that, of that sketch, skit, sketch, however you want to put it. Um, I remember you guys like doing like the military turns. <laughs> and Mr. Azerbaijan is leading you down like the, the ramp into like that, that metal garage door that, uh, that Triple H and them had banged on oh so many years ago. Yeah, I, I've never gotten a chance to talk about it publicly, um, but I 
kayfabe kayfabe uh may have resided in the hampton roads area okay. as a child and so i was actually at the raw where dx invaded nitro and my dad took me that day um we made like a whole day of it and so like we drove to the arena super early to see if we could get like any autographs or whatever and like we didn't get autographs but we did like roll up on dx doing the pre-tape um so i was like oh well like that's really cool i wonder like what's gonna happen and so fast forward later in the evening we see them going to invade nitro and didn't fully understand like how iconic of a moment that would be sure and so that skit always had like a special place with me because like i was in the arena i got to like witness it being pre-taped and it was like my first it was my first raw that i ever went to uh so like it was very sentimental to me and so being able to return to that area for shikara I was like, we have to be able to do the skit. We have to be able to do the skit. And then, like, I kind of pitched it last minute. Like, hey, we're in Norfolk. What if we went and invaded the scope? Like, it's right down the street from where we were at. And um, we went and we did it. And, again, uh, Mr. Azerbaijan really uh, crafted it and, and made it a really good segment. Because That's I don't right. think I had anything other than, like, well, let's just do what they did. Right. No, that, it was, it's, it's, a really, it's a really great bit. Um, I, it, there's... What 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 I always remember is the the marquee of the Norfolk scope that had like there's like a, an advertisement for like a Jackie Ivancho concert that's coming, <laughs> <laughs> which I just just makes me laugh. And like the camera hangs on it for a little bit. And so it's almost like you're invading Jackie Ivan- Ivanko Ivancho. But that's, um, that's pretty good. During one of the takes, we were like banging on the door. And they actually started to open it. (laughs) (laughs) We just improvised. And I was like, we have to run. And so we we just ran away because the thing's always like, whoa, if uh, we would have opened up the doors, like Haku would have came out and like murdered everybody or like Hall and Nash would have came out and been on TV hanging out with their buddies or whatever. But we were like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, (laughs) we just we just booked it. All right. So around the time that you are starting in Chikara, you're also making some trips to the Midwest um, and you used this as your theme song on a couple of shows. And that is uh, Stop Waiting by Infected Rain. Which um, I think like that first that like opening feedback really kind of captures that um, that thing that we were talking about earlier with that, like opening that kind of that hook that grabs you. Yeah. Um, So what was the influence behind that behind choosing that song? So I used that for my first shows outside of the Shikara bubble because like I wanted to have a different theme. Like I, I didn't want to come out to like, you know some made up national anthem. Sure. Uh, I was like, well, like here's my chance to like have like the triple H theme or, or something. <laughs> so I want to do like put in like some research. And so I was looking up like rock bands that were popular in Eastern Europe and oh, okay. Infected rain was um, like a chart topper over there for rock. And that was their main hit. So I just used that. Oh, that's a That's a good, a good little pull there. Okay. Yeah. I tried to try to put some effort in student of the game. <laughs> all right um so i think so we're gonna we're gonna go into kind of your next chakara theme i think i think that's what this is um let's let's listen to that all 
So that's um, I think that's is that just called War? I think so. I don't okay. think I ever got an official title. OK, um, so that's part of the the sort of era where Kenny and Harley Wooten were doing most of the themes for Chikara, which is so on one hand, I find I find that I've always found that interesting in that. That era of Chikara has these songs that were crafted sort of for the talent and for the characters. Um, and did you have any input into what that sounded like? Or was it just kind of the, the person in charge was just kind of like, hey, we need a we need a, a, a theme for the boar. Go do this. And then they just kind of gave it to you. Yeah, I didn't have any input. Okay. Uh, however... I this is one of the things in wrestling where it's like always be nice to people because you don't know like who's doing what. So I don't think I had any idea like they were going to be doing the music. Um, I was just like, oh, you guys are around. All right. Like, you're cool. And I guess they took a liking <laughs> to me. And I felt like I had one of the better in-house Shikara themes. It's good. It's a good one. Um, I I really like it. I really think it it sets a tone. Um, the the repeated the repeated bore chants are great. Um, and I, it's so much so that you still use it to this day, right? Yeah, I'll still use it if, um, I don't know if I don't have an inkling to use anything else or they need a, they need like an actual file sent to them. Like I have that one saved, so I'll just send that one. And, um, again, like you said, like going back to earlier, it's something that if I'm in a new place or I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, these people may not know me. I'll use that one because it sets the tone, has the chant, like I can do a little hand motion or whatever. I can get people involved. So uh, it's very engaging, I think. Right. Um, I remember I know you were using that, I think, for most of your appearances in Flying V. Yes. Um, And so like I remember and I, I felt like that crowd really kind of got into that. Yeah, that was an awesome crowd. And I believe Flying V is uh, getting things back together and okay. going to be running at some point. And so I'm hoping that that comes to fruition and I can use that theme because that crowd was amazing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go on to a new one, another, another theme. Um, I, I, we talked about this a little bit before we started. I don't know much about this theme. I don't ever remember hearing it, but this is what it is. <laughs> So that has a little bit of that that sort of national anthem feel, but it does feel a little more personal, I think, because of that. Um, because of the the boar sound effects. Yeah, so that was for my singles matches in like wrestling is fun. Oh, OK. And so I believe the guy doing the music at that time was Dan. Yeah, there was music, Dan and um, another guy that like. You know, I think at that time, like rookies slash ring crew and like production people were all kind of like on the same floor, which was like the bottom. And so we were all like nice to each other because we all needed each other. But also like (laughs) we were the only ones that we could really lean on and uh, understood like, you know, how, uh, you know, sucky things could be at some times. So like I just talked to him a little bit and was like, I still kind of wanted to like play into that national anthem kind of feel. Because wrestling is fun, like, was definitely based on, like, characters. And I wanted to, like, you know, if I'm not going to have the Triple H, like, entrance, I want to have something that is going to, like, go more into, like, that cartoony character-driven lane. 
And so he added the boar sound effects, and um, that's what it was. Nice. All right. Uh, so let's uh, listen to the next theme, which is Look to Your Orb for the Warning by Monster Magnet. And that you primarily used in Excellence Pro Wrestling. Um, for those who don't know, Excellence was a promotion, still is a promotion, maybe? I don't know. Do you know? It's still, still a promotion, but not currently running. Okay. Um, that ran primarily in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, not the tool man Tim Taylor was one of their lead announcers, which is how I came to know him and sort of how uh, I came to know you. Oh, cool. Um, and so that Monster Magnet song, uh, where did that come from in terms of like, why did you choose that for your theme? That was a think session with Tim. Uh, we were just sitting on my floor late at night playing video games, trying to think of a cool theme for me because now I'm like, I'm at a show that's not in the Shakara bubble, but kind of Shakara adjacent, but right. a lot more Liberty. And I wanted to like get away from like the cartoonish feel and pick like a cool theme song. Like this is my time. Like, you know, no, uh, this like this is my time. Like this is my time. The Triple H entrance. Like this is going to be it. And we sat there for hours, just kind of like sampling songs and listening to stuff and listening to like rights free music. We tried uh, just about everything that we could find. Like he downloaded an app that had a whole bunch of like different music, and um, I forget exactly how we landed on that. It might have come from old school wrestling trivia. We were like e-fetters for a, for a good period in like the mid 2000s. Okay. And he had everybody's entrance theme that they wanted to use saved on like a old spreadsheet or something like that. <laughs> and so he was going through like old music that like these e-fed people would use and just like clicked on it and uh it was like that's the one. That's what we're looking for. That is the one. Um, so that theme is like probably still my favorite. Okay. Um, that one, like that one gets me into a zone. Like all the other songs, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I'm going to go out there and do my thing. But like that one hits and I'm like, I'm in a different spot. Like I might as well be Brock Lesnar. Like I'm nice. I'm, I'm in my head at that moment. Okay. I like it. I like it. That's cool. All right. So the next one is one that I, I think is very special to you. Let's, uh, let's listen to this. So that is Animals by Nickelback, um, and you have primarily used that as your theme when you have been... Uh, tagging with erica lee yeah um yep. so i let me before we get into the theme itself how did the how did the tag team between you and erica lee become come to be uh we hit it off at uh lucas calhoun put on a just like a one-time spot show fund uh it, it was it wasn't a fundraiser i don't think it might have been um but it was for a elementary school in virginia um, and he was doing like a story, like a story leading 
uh, I guess, exercise or project with the kids throughout multiple weeks and like teaching them storytelling through professional wrestling with like characters and looks and moves and everything. Uh, he did a really awesome job and that's still like one of my favorite shows I've ever been a part of. Uh, but Erica was booked on that show. I was booked on that show and we just hit it off. I threw her a tangerine from, uh, the locker room. The locker room was set up on like the other side of the basketball court. Uh, It was very spacious, very nice. And so I think she was like, yo, like hand me one of those tangerines or something. And I had one and I just tossed it and it flew probably about a hundred feet. Perfect floater pitch, like in rookie of the year. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and she caught it left-handed while she was, like, still going over her match. And it was like a bond was formed at that exact moment. Nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's how we became friends. And okay. since then, we just got to know each other a little bit. And turns out she's, like, my best friend in the wrestling business, you know, not named Tim. So. Right. Okay. So uh, Nickelback Animals. Yeah. Um, I know we've, we've already sort of discussed that you're a fan of Nickelback. I do. I do enjoy Nickelback. Like they, I I like their formula for their their albums. They like put out a song or two for the rock station. They put out a song that's like, uh, I don't know, like um, pop. It's not pop, but it's like uh, all right, you can use a song when like you're showing a video of like troops coming home or something like that. Okay, like, sure. And then they'll put out like a song that's like about sex drugs and like rock and roll and like <laughs> there's a lot of variety i think if you actually listen to a nickelback album and i rather enjoy it i enjoy um the diversity and eh, you know some people might say it might be cringy but like i think that's what me and erica were going for when we picked the theme <laughs> and our goal is to make it into the ring and have intros be done before the song gets to uh, i'll say the effy part Sure. Like before it gets to be rather graphic in its in, in, right. in its direction. Sure. Um, and I think that does, you know, again, going back to to what we talked about earlier with, you know, what makes a good entrance theme. I think that riff really does kind of hit and it's it's very explosive. Yeah, definitely. Yep. We come through the curtain. We got energy. Nickelback is playing. We're a bunch of animals. Let's go beat some people up. <laughs> All right. So. That is not your only tag team that you've been a part of. Um, you teamed with Oleg the Usurper, both mm-hmm. in and out of Chikara. Um, in Chikara, you guys were known as the Beast Warriors. Uh, I couldn't figure out what theme you guys were using. I don't know if there was a special theme that was made for you guys as a team. Um, it yeah, didn't I... sound like it was either one of your individual themes. No, I believe it was made... Uh, in-house by Shakara, but like we never got a copy of it. Okay. And then for whatever reason, the team was broken up super early. Uh, that should have been like our Jeff Jarrett roadie moment where like <laughs> we, <laughs> we skipped, we skipped the town, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, weren't as old and wise then. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could like pick that theme out of a lineup now. Okay. Uh, you did have a super solid match with the closers though. That I really like. Um, yeah, we were um, pretty proud of that one, and yeah. you know, get into inside baseball. But you know, we were like gonna get the tag team titles, and for whatever reason, 
plans change, pal. And I uh, was like, all right, let's kick the can down the road. And I was like, I think the time's now. Like, we should we should definitely do this now. But, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, as The Rock would say. Right. But thank you for that. Oh, no, not a problem. I, I actually watched that match as I was doing the research for this and really enjoyed it. Um, but that but you also teamed outside uh, with Oleg as the agency. And this was the theme song that you guys used. So that is total information awareness by a band called Trans Am. It's kind of got it like a almost like an elect an electronic kind of uh, industrial feel to it. So how did you find that? <laughs> um, I. Uh, Shazam has been very helpful for me. Okay. Okay. Um, so do you remember where you guys were teaming as the agency? Yeah. So that was a Philly fed. I think they're still around or trying to start running shows again. I think it's pro wrestling explosion. That sounds right. And, uh, headed up, uh, headed up by a guy with like ties to like original ROH dojo days. Oh, And so it was an interesting mix in the locker room of like you're like young and hungry, like New York guys coming down to like get on a show. Plus, like some of your Shikara kind of guys getting on a show and then like old school uh, ROH guys. Interesting. And it was it was a good, good locker room. It was a good blend. Okay. Um, I know who the agency had a manager. Yes. Whose name is I cannot recall right now. Do you remember Uh, who it was? I can only remember his shoot name. I can't oh, remember okay. his work name. Okay. Um, but he may or may not have been the person I was just talking about. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, we were uh, tied up with the Booker brother. Nice. That's that's always a good a good hookup. All right. So that was that was the agency. Um, you and you and Oleg got that got that uh that kind of meshing there for for a little while, and that's that's good stuff. Uh, so let's, let's move on to another tag team that you've been a part of. And this was this tag team's theme. Tell me what you want, what you like, it's okay. I'm a so that is Demi Lovato's Cool for the Summer. And that is the theme for the Boar and Dan Champion as a tag team. Did that have, did that tag team have a name? Not officially. Okay. I think unofficially we call ourselves Tall and Cool. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which I think is a a brilliant kind of spin on two big kind of bruising dudes having that theme with that, like that kind of delicate piano intro. Um, I think that's pretty great. What, what led you to choose that? Uh, me and Dan were just talking cause we were like, Oh, we have to team. And, uh, I right, also go by power and glory, but I might oh, okay. retroactively take that and save it in case I need it again. Cause we never officially <laughs> used it. Um, uh, but yeah, we were talking about like what entrance theme do we use? And we were shooting a couple back and forth and somehow cool for the summer came up and we we're like, that's it. That's the one. That's what we're going to use. And when we came out to it, I 
could hardly even hear it because people really don't like Dan at uh, the LVAC Let's <laughs> Hang Out shows. And so, like, I couldn't even hear, like, the piano at all. And um, I happened to, like, have the song memorized. So, like, I'm singing it while I'm on my, like, making my way to the ring and, like, trying to talk to the camera and everything. And I'm like, I hope I'm on cue because, like, I can't hear anything. Right. Um, and then Dan's um, electric, electric dad dancing was uh, also a <laughs> highlight and a memory that sticks out. And I think we picked up a win. So that song is a bat in a thousand. There you go. Was that a who was that against? That was a four way tag. Oh, okay. Um, I think was that was Willow and Solo in that? uh, I don't think so. I think Lucas Calhoun and Veda Scott. Oh, okay. Um, I know Kevin Blackwood was in that match. And... The other participants are escaping me, but it was it was a four way tag of like uh, all hodgepodge tag teams. Okay, interesting. Those LVAC shows, those were a lot of fun. I would I wish that I lived in a in an area where I could go to them. Yeah, I wish you were here for them because they are a blast. And like when they run, it's like oh yeah, this is like why I love wrestling and sure. and love being a wrestler. Like yeah. I wish they ran frequently enough where like this was all I could do. Like, and this would be the only place I could work. Like it's a blast. Okay. So those are, those are the primary themes that you've used throughout your career. Um, there are a couple of additional songs that I want to go through. Um, I'm just going to play them right in a row here. So the first one is mighty wings by cheap trick. And the the other one that I'm that we're going to talk about is I'm different by two chains. Yeah. Yeah. Two chains. What's that on that beat? I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah. So the reason I want to talk about those is because these come at interesting points. Um. So I'm different. You used in uh, CWF Mid Atlantic when you did a trios match where you teamed with Chikara wrestler Lucas Calhoun, who we've mentioned previously, and CWF Mid Atlantic wrestler Chet Sterling. I believe, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that I'm different is Chet Sterling's theme. Um, yeah. And Mighty Wings you used at the the 2021 family reunion. Uh, when you teamed in a trios match with Erica and Boomer Hatfield. And I believe we discussed earlier that Mighty Wings is Boomer Hatfield's theme song. Yeah. So I was curious how, if there's any sort of, you know, how, how does, how do you guys decide whose theme is getting used? Is there some kind of negotiation? Is it just kind of, it, I want, you know, part of me wonders if specifically with the, the I'm different thing, if, because CWF Mid-Atlantic was Chet Sterling's home, if that's why you used his theme, because the crowd would be, would know it. Um, can you talk, can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, in indie wrestling, like, it's almost uh, a crapshoot. Like, it could be any number of reasons. Like, it could be anything from, like, the sound guy doesn't have anybody else's themes. To, um, like you said, like, we were in CWF, and Chet was the lead heel. So, like, we were being brought in as, like, his tag team partners for the evening. And so it was like, obviously, we're going to go with his theme because he's the lead heel in the company. And that's the one that, like, the fans know. So that's what we're going to go with. Whereas at the family reunion show, we went with Boomers. 
because we were trying to come up with a theme that would be like unique to us three. And my original idea was that we were going to come out to um, Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple. Okay. A uh, little throwback to uh, uh, the Triple Threat. And very good professional wrestlers team uh, teaming up with Travis Huckabee and Matt Mikowski. They were going to come out to Natural Born Killers. Because <laughs> we wanted something that was just going to be like, uh, we wanted to give the vibe of a old school ECW like six on or three on three match. Sure. That's what we were going for. And so we thought that would be a good way to like set the tone, do something memorable and just do something different. I was going to stand out. Uh, we couldn't agree on that idea. And it, would, it came down to, all right, you have to have your music in. OK, we'll just go with Boomer's theme. OK. Which I suppose made sense since they used a very good professional wrestler's theme for their entrance. Yeah, and like that was an instance where like Boomer was the I guess official kind of team captain, so it was just like, all right, we'll just default to Boomer. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right, but I picked so, up that win though, so yes, you did. That's right. Uh, so let's. So that's sort of the end of the themes. Um, I do have one final question, and this is going to be the final question for every episode going forward until it's not. Um, I'm calling this the Tony Khan proposition. So. If money and rights were absolutely no object, what would be your dream entrance song? Oh, that is such a good question. That That is worthy of being the last question until further notice. <laughs> I, I, I love the namesake. Um, um, I think it depends, depends on what character I would use like sure. moving forward. Um, in an alternate universe, I have this other character in my head that I'm still like workshopping. And if that were the case, uh, it would be Black Cat by Janet Jackson. Okay. And um, if it was something a little bit more uh, serious in the vein of, I guess, Boar, uh, it would be Amen by Hailstorm. Oh, okay, nice. Nice, that's good. So, those, are both, those are both really good, really good choices. Yeah, I, I have a natural tendency to lead towards, like, female vocalists anyways. Okay. But, yeah, those would be my picks. Nice. All right, so. well, um, that's all. So that's that's the first episode. That's a wrap. I want to thank the Boar so much for being here. Uh, I really cannot express how much I appreciate you doing the show. I, I It's an honor. It is really an honor for me to be the first person on the show. I think it really has legs. It's a great idea. Uh, you're going to knock it out of the park and Thank trying you. to set the tone for uh, everybody else to hashtag follow that. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Boar's War. Uh, any booking inquiries can be sent to bookthebore at gmail.com. And uh, you can also listen to someone who sounds like my voice and my best friend, Tim Taylor, uh, over at Final Wrestling Place uh, on the soon-to-be-named network uh, in-house with us. And uh, you can also listen to us after every WWE, NXT, and AEW pay-per-view uh, over at the Viewer's Choice podcast on the North-South Connection feed. That's right. Um, and yes, this podcast is a part of the soon-to-be-named network. You can find all uh, find out all about them at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com. Uh, ton of different podcasts over there. Uh, we do have wrestling offerings, as Boar mentioned. Um, there's also Ad Odds with Wrestling and We Need Wrestling Uh comic book podcasts we got long box heroes long box heroes after dark uh there's puzzle warriors three um 
Profane Argument. Go over there. Check out all the podcasts. They're all great. Uh, I have been associated with the soon-to-be-named network almost since its infancy um, in my my old podcast days with Podvocacy and Everlasting Minute. Um, so I am I am proud to be a part of that, uh, both now now back as a podcaster and also as the Jingle Meister. Um, so go over there, uh, check that out. You can follow this show at Hit My Music Pod on Twitter. Um, you can email me at hitmymusicpod at gmail.com. And uh, that's all. So we are going to go ahead and sign off. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next episode.